Will you do the intro? I mean, I can probably do the intro. You know what the intro is, right? Okay. No, 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 you're just gonna do the... Wouldst thou like the taste of butter? (laughs) There you go. Wouldst thou like the taste of butter? A pretty dress? Wouldst thou like to live? Deliciously. Okay, okay, that's pretty good, but he he does it a little slower. Wouldst thou like the taste of butter? No, no, not like that. No, no, he's not like a monster. Wouldst thou like to live deliciously? There we go. I guess so. I'm Bethany. And this is... Home Squad. Home Spooking! The home joke is Home Spooking! spooking. Alright, right, we'll do it again. Hi, I'm John. And I'm Bethany. And this is... Home Spooking! Yes, we are here in the wonderful Transylvanian Department of Pod the Pocket Podcast Network. Yes! Yeah, I didn't think we were going to take it that far. Oh, yes we are! Oh, I'm going to need a lot of more creepy paper. Oh, if we would like to go in that direction, I could do my Viago voice, if we would like to. I am Viago. Viago uh, was an 18th century dandy. He was very, he's very particular. We could do a split episode. We could I, talk about what we do in the shadows and the witch. You see, I, wa- I really do want to do what we do in the shadows in the alphabetical order later on. Because okay, okay. We won't my, spoil it. Fully then. one of my favorite films. I just want to say. You have another two years listen, to watch it. Listen, today is Halloween. Today is Halloween. To- today. Today is Halloween. The day that this episode is coming out is Halloween. <laughs> Bethany and I are wearing our. Well, Bethany's wearing her pink cat ears. I'm wearing my Steven Universe shirt on the day that this comes out. Not while we're recording. No, I'm recording fully nude like I always do. People supposed to laugh at that. Yeah, yeah, it was supposed to be a joke. I just I just want people to know I'm not naked right now. I need them to know that. It was a Halloween trick. You see, sometimes you get tricks. That was a bad Griffin's goofer. Sometimes you get treats. Why are you like this? I, I think of this episode as a treat, actually, because it's outside of our normal episode broadcasting schedule. What are you looking She has the new toy. Oh. Uh, our dog that doesn't play with toys has the new toy. Our dog has pulled a trick herself. It's a spooky season. She's definitely Dogs that doing don't it on play, purpose. Play. Dogs that do play lay down yeah, in their I feel crates. Bad. This is a wonderful, wonderful glimpse into this spooky, well, abnormal episode. Feeny has like three toys in there. Bats are flying around my head right now. Yep, definitely. One of them's a vampire. Oh no! Oh no! It just landed on Bethany's shoulder. Okay. The so, bat is Bethany's familiar. Right, the film this week was. The film this week was Robert the Eggers. Vich. New England folk <laughs> folktale. The Vavitch, a New England folktale. <laughs> oh, I need a beer if this episode's gonna go like this. <laughs> Ooh, we decided that we would give you guys a bonus spooky episode as an excuse for me 
to watch The Witch, which do you is... Know, do you know what Werner Herzog would call this movie? The Witch. Die Hexe. Uh- <laughs> That's German for witch. God. Other, on other topics, because, you know, this is a Calvin Ball Die Hexe Katzen. Die Hexe Katzen. The Witch Cats. Because he we, likes cats. Can we just talk about Werner Herzog for a second? Yeah, that's why I did this. Yes. Even though he has nothing to do with any of the movies we've with watched recently. Though he does have to do with the Mandalorian trailers, which what I've if watched we like watched, 20 times. What if we watched his documentary? Which one? There are so many. We should watch Grizzly Man. That's a spooky documentary. What about the volcano one? The volcano one is very good. That's where he met his like best friend on the volcano. Oh, yeah. The little ginger boy. <laughs> the ginger, uh... Well, I guess he's the old now. The ginger geologist. Yeah, ginger geologist. <laughs> Sounds like a drink. Ugh. It does. Put some rock candy Werner in Werner Herzog. Like he, he's actually done a... Ver- he did a version of Nosferatu. Uh, Nosferatu. The reason that I watched that version of Nosferatu, because the first ever film class I took, is we were supposed to watch the original, but the version that our professor got from the library was the Werner Herzog version. She was like... Well, we can watch this movie, too. Because she was a little Italian woman. Oh, you studied real film. Oh, I've had two separate Italian film professors. <laughs> <laughs> but Werner Herzog is important because... No wonder you like The Godfather he has, so much. Uh, he, he's known for doing cameos and, like, creepy roles. So, like, a really good example is the guy who sells April and Andy their house in the last season of Parks and Rec. Oh, my God. I'm selling the house so I can move to that Orlando incredible. to be closer to Disney World. Is that what he says? Yes. <laughs> and he's just so fucking funny, though. Okay, maybe I am related to Werner Herzog. <laughs> Werner Herzog, he, uh, he is playing a character in The Mandalorian, and he was talking about him. Oh, it's a very different kind of Star Wars. It's uh, <laughs> taking these children's fantasies, but having like real problems in them. And then when asked if he had ever seen Star Wars, his response was, Oh, I never did see any of them. I thought and it was, I never saw a single one or something like that. Oh, I've never seen a single one. I must confess, I never did see a single, single one. That's the one. I remember it because his cadence, this this Bavarian man's cadence of speaking is very similar. Who does he similar, remind you of? I don't know. Very similar to Bethany's Austrian grandmother. Which makes sense because I'm pretty sure Bavaria is like the Austria of Germany. When it comes to mountainousness, uh, it's there was a recent interview he gave too. Because now the the thing now is for all these respected cinema directors to give their opinions on Marvel movies, because Martin Scorsese started it and said they weren't cinema. Oh, you know why? Because Bavaria is the southeast corner, so right next to Austria. It's right next to Austria, of mm-hmm. course. That so it basically sense. is Austria, because. We used to own everything, and then something bad happened, and then we didn't own everything, and then someone Dude. got like stabbed and the uh, shot, shot. Well, by an I anarchist. think I think Sissy got stabbed. That was the first. Okay. Bad problem. You know when we capture princesses from other countries. See, I thought you were talking about Franz Ferdinand. There's also Franz Ferdinand, and that was the last. Well, I mean, his, his single was really good though. Take me out, man. It's it's it's, it's a jam. Dance with me, Michael. Like I love I love them. Mm-hmm. My friend Devin and I would have fights about uh, if Franz Ferdinand or the Killers were better. Now I realize it's not really like a. It's there is no such thing as better though. No, I'm back saying to the it's not really the hand. right field of. Yes, yes, yes. So Werner Herzog in Die that Hexe. interview said it's something you had to grow up oh, with superheroes. I I uh, grew up in a remote village in Bavaria. <laughs> there were no film, television, books. I didn't make my first phone call until I was nineteen. And it's just, 
so wonderful. He's incredible. There's an interview that he gave um, on NPR. I think it was actually a WNYC Studios production where he, <laughs> they were talking about his newest film, meeting, uh, meeting Gorbachev or something about uh, the about. Oh, we never Gorbachev, did see that. This is one that we need to watch. No. But there was a part at the end where they talked about how much he loves cat videos, and he, and he, how they rejuvenate me is something that he said. <laughs> okay, that's the Werner Herzog corner. I will give you guys updates as we go on in the in the future of the show. If if Werner Herzog does anything notable or says anything notable, super, it will come up. It super. will come up. Let's talk about this fucking movie. All right. The Witch came out in 2015, directed by first film directed by Robert Eggers. First one? Yeah, this was his first movie. Right out the gate. I think so. He I must mean, have a lot of jingle in his pocket. I mean, it was an indie movie, so... Well, they didn't use any lighting, so that's... Caught, caught. I think they, they're no, like... They mentioned, they mentioned it was only natural or candlelight. But I'm like, maybe the budget was just really bad. They're like, we blew it all on Ralph Ineson. Now mm. we can't use even candles. Yes. Okay. Um, amazing costumes. Like... Are they? Period accurate, that's for sure. Period accurate, but they're pretty boring. But that would be the period, though. These aren't rich folks. No, the the most the coolest part about it was seeing the two Native American costumes that I didn't see last time. And yeah. I was like, what? Like, there's just two casual, like, cool characters like walking in the background. So this is set in. I mean, I guess they don't explicitly say that it's like Plymouth, but it's it's Plymouth. It's. And it's like Puritan, a Puritan colony in New England in, I guess it would be the late 1500s, early... It has to be wait, 1600s. No, it would have to be the 1600s. I'm now thinking of it. It would be post-1620, I'm realizing now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. The, the It opens with a, a Puritan town meeting, essentially, where where the this family of the main characters are getting exiled because apparently Ralph Innocent, yes, he is in this... Which dad watch is finally coming to fruition? Pew, pew, pew. Because we're talking about the witch dad. Because he's okay. the dad keep going, keep in going. the witch. He, yep. His family gets kicked out because the, he's preaching the gospel in a way that they are uncomfortable with. And that, is he a Baptist? Well, so he is a Puritan and his beliefs are absolutely certainly Puritan. So, I so think what the are idea they? might be that he maybe took it like too far. You even think they were moving towards Anglican? Um, no, because Anglican no. would have already been a thing that they were trying to get away from. I, The way I see it and the way that they act, I think that he may have al- almost been too strict. Mm. Puritan's known for being strict. And, like, that's a major I... tension of this movie is, like, hey, this is what we believe. This is how we believe it. And they have been put into this wilderness to try and succeed on their own and challenge the idea that, oh, maybe the Bible alone and Christ alone isn't going to be enough. And it's interesting because Puritanism is all about predestination, right? That, like, only God decides who's saved and who's not saved. I like that. I don't. In, in Puritan speak? In Puritan speak? I mean, I don't. I hate predestination, but I'm a Catholic, or I was raised Catholic, and I feel like predestination eliminates. Well, who else is gonna free will from the factor, like from the factor of it? But I mean, it gets back into. Did you, um, when you were in tenth grade, when you were like studying American <laughs> literature, 
I mean, you read what? you read Scarlet Letter, right? Yeah. So, did you read the companion piece? Um, Navy Letter. N- <laughs> <laughs> that was too easy. Um, what's the what do you sinners mean? Sinners in the hand, the uh, sermon. Sinners, sinners in the, the hands hand of, of God. God. Yeah, yeah. So the entire point of that sermon is like, we are worthless. We are nothing to God. We are in His hands, and He entirely determines what happens. And He could throw us into the fire at any given time. Mm-hmm. But the end message of that sermon is He doesn't. But this seems to be something that the characters are really grappling with in this movie. Because it starts off after they've gone to the farm. You know, they're making a happy life and everything. And Thomason, Anya Taylor-Joy's character, takes off the newborn baby brother to go play peekaboo with him near the edge of the woods. Where he's not going to be distracted by the farm and stuff. And apparently she hides her eyes for too long. Because when she opens them, the baby's gone. baby's gone. I like how you frame it like the baby would be distracted from the farm. Like she's not bringing him away from the farm to give the parents a break from his screaming. Okay, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. (laughs) Yes, let's take the baby and give him a better time. And we get our first real bit of horror once the baby has disappeared. Dude. Oh, man. Well, you see, it's framed that like we don't know what's actually going on. Yeah. And then we... Because all that's shown is that the baby is gone. We don't see him anywhere along the horizon or anything. Thomason's freaking out. And the uh, then we cut to the woods where the witch is in is like a, a naked haggard woman with like long shaggy hair is walking along with the baby and then we're drawn away uh, then we see a close up on the baby in the witch's hovel and she's running her hands over the baby oh. and then she, one of her hands is holding a knife and then we cut to the witch uh, mashing blood mashing bloody bits in a mortar and pestle. And see that her her face and body have been covered in blood. But this entire time, you're hearing like a haunted hurdy gurdy, like yeah. So this is so the score. He was uh, the the guy who wrote the score. Robert Eggers told him he wanted it to not have any kind of traditional melody or anything. He wanted it to be like atonal, basically. It is very so he used atonal. a lot of different stuff. He used like antique instruments. So a nickel harpa, which is like a Swedish. It it's almost like it's a haunted hurdy gurdy. Well, it's almost like a, what's the word here? An auto, an auto, auto harp? Kind of like an auto harp, but like played with a bow. Have you seen one of those in action? An auto harp in action? No, the, this, a what is this harpa? thing called? Nickel harp? No, but I know from the tones that it definitely comes from a bow. Actually, I think I have seen videos of people playing it before. And it creates these really creepy sounds. Ugh. It's such a, it's a cool instrument. And I love it when scores use instruments like this. Like one of my favorite scores is definitely the uh, Rohan theme from uh, from Lord of the Rings, which is played with a Norwegian fiddle. What I'm saying is that it, different than a normal one. Yeah, Norwegian fiddle has reg- has uh, resonator strings. Feel free to pause this podcast and Google all these instruments, like yeah, I am. Check out these instruments; they're really cool. Um, and you also like throughout it, you get like voices like howling and stuff like throughout the score. Um, oh, they have eight or nine strings. Okay. Oh, yeah, and the Frozen exhibit at Disney World. They had one. Oh, yeah, they do have one, don't they? <laughs> but the, uh, thing, the thing about this is this is the first bit of horror we see, and then we don't go directly into horror like this for probably another, like, 30 minutes of the movie or so. Oh, these scenes are very short and very dispersed. So, like... Yeah, absolutely. If you don't like horror movies that are, like strictly horror this is a great movie for you i think this is absolutely a good starter horror movie 
But yeah, I the first time I watched this, I wasn't like super into horror at the time because I was like, what if I get too scared? Well, we had already seen it. We had seen it, but like it plays more like an adventure movie than a horror movie. Okay, that's a lie because it had plenty of jump scares. You're right. But this, there's like a tension that's being built here. It's it's very suspenseful because they don't know what actually happened to the baby, you know? Yeah. They think that a wolf took it. Or. Or. Or she was a witch all along. Who? You think Thomason was a witch all along? Maybe. She absolutely was not. She was genuinely scared of What if she was like a baby witch in training? I, I just don't know and about that. Then she finally that. got to sign the book at the end. I just don't think so. Because no? we know who the... We know who were, who was really a witch all along. It was Jonas and Mercy. No, the mom wasn't a witch. <laughs> Jonas and Mercy were the witch. Well, she this, was a uh, other kind of witch. Listen, this movie has everything. It has. No, if I lost my baby, I'd it, be. It has the lack of a mother's love. It has Oof. religious overtones. It has infant death. It has creepy fucking twins. Yeah. It has scary animal eyes. Amazing animal actors. It uh, like. <laughs> That bunny. The bunny. God. So the tension now is at this point, they're they're trying to survive in the wilderness because they've been exiled from the town and they're trying to survive on their own. Their fields are going are going bad. Their corn is rotten. They can't sell the corn. They can't eat the corn. They are in trouble. But can they pop the corn? Well, no, they can't eat it, so they can't pop it. You don't know that. I, I, I would wager that inedible corn is also impoppable. And also, did they pop corn at the time? Like They I mean, should. Sure they could have. They, they probably knew. The fire. Of course, your argument is that they should have been eating the goats, right? Oh, yeah. No. They had like four goats. They would, If they just killed those. The goats were the dairy. Make some goat jerky. The goats were dairy. Not good enough dairy. Well, one all of the their goats, animals were going. One of the goats ended up cursed. To be fair, certainly, or at least with blood in its milk. So it's what? It's milk. Sorry, sorry, one more time. Blood in its milk. <laughs> we can make fun of my pronunciation later. I need to talk to you about the what rabbit. What is this milk you speak of? Oh, poor Fowler. Oh, he was such a good boy. Mm-hmm. He was a pretty boy. So this movie is also about the lies that families tell to each other. Like, yeah. yeah. So, like, um, like how uh, when Thomason decides to uh, mess with uh, Mercy because Mercy's a little oh. shit. And then it comes back to bite her in the ass. So Mercy's, mm-hmm. like, playing around with, like, there's a witch in the woods. Black Philip told me. Also, uh, Jonas and Mercy are constantly singing songs about how Black Philip is the king <laughs> of sea and sky. It's and, so and it's, great. I, I just want to be clear. When I refer to Black Philip, I mean a goat. Black Philip is a, is a completely black goat with golden eyes and the biggest horns that you I've ever seen. Horns so sharp that later in the movie, oh my Ralph Innocent has to do like the, the the goat rams Ralph Innocent. Yeah. Ralph Innocent got sent to the hospital shooting those scenes. That goat messed him up. Like messed up a tendon in his like at, ribs. A dump in his ribs. Yeah, yeah. like. Uh, yeah, Ralph Edison hates that fucking goat. There's like, I would too. Because his, his, like, you look at the horn, it's not, like, sh- like smooth. It's, it's serrated. serrated. Yeah. 
So, like, R- Ralph Innocent, like... And this goat, like, weighs 200 pounds. And at this point, Ralph had been starving himself to be this, like, starving farmer. Yeah, so the only thing left there is muscle, which is shown off very well in the, fir- the first scene where he cuts wood. Like, yeah. Ralph, Ralph lived deliciously, I think. <laughs> um, the thing is, though, uh, there's an article in The Hollywood Reporter talking about how Ralph Innocent and uh, Robert Eggers got dinner together at a restaurant in London called the Smoking Goat and they thought of Charlie the actor who played Black Phillip <laughs> of course Black Charlie's hander was like are you kidding kidding he was great for a goat <laughs> <laughs> animal actors man goats are the creepiest of uh like livestock animals they have square pupils well yeah well horses do too no they don't yes they do Get cl- get a close up on a horse eye, take a look at it. It's they have square pupils. Like uh, goat eyes are like cuttlefish eyes, basically. Yeah, goats goats pupils are rectangular. I'm pretty sure. So they're like no horses have horizontal pupils. Gotcha. Okay. Glad I cleared that up. <laughs> so it's like a goat a goat's eye is kind of like a cat's eye in reverse. Oh, I guess no. It's the same as like a goat's. Yeah, yeah, what was that? <laughs> <laughs> um, and as we know, the devil comes in the form of a he goat. Like that is that is something like in tradition, like Satan has been depicted as like a goat man in the past. <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, we see his cloven hooves and like art oh, all the time. Poor Mister Tumnus. So I was doing some more reading. There's an interview with uh, Robert Eggers in Vulture actually about the research that he had to do for the movie, like to write it. And you, you notice something in the dialogue is that it feels like you're, it, it feels like, I know that there have been other movies and like, well, play specifically, I think of The Crucible, mm-hmm. which is set in Puritan England and tries to like ape that style of, of language a little bit, yeah but doesn't necessarily come off as successfully as something like this. I listened to it and I was like, this is like if Shakespeare was writing prose, kind of? Yeah, no, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. And uh, you find out... A lot out, of the monologues come off as Shakespearean. You find out that... I, I found out that he... Well, it's there's a notice at the end of the movie that says he drew dialogue from actual accounts and uh, journal entries mm-hmm. and things like that. But he also, like, did a lot of studying of the grammar of that era. Of the of the grammar that you had in New England. Okay. And it also leads to the why he did the casting in England rather than in the U.S. Right. Because he wanted accurate accents for the time period for a family that had just come over from England. Oh, man, that's another factor that's in there, too. They all don't want to be where they are. They've all been exiled. They're all missing England. And so it's like these comforts of home that they're tempted with, kind of. Like, because you talk about the, the lie that the, the middle son tells when a... Uh, when, when the wife finds out that they were in the woods. The lie is, oh, we were trying to get you some apples. And they haven't seen apple, had apples since they were in England, so. Oh, I, m- I missed that mm-hmm. part. Yeah, exactly. I didn't realize they hadn't had apples. And then there's that one part where they describe seeing uh, Fowler on the floor, the dog on the floor in the sunshine. Yeah, exactly. And you're like, oh my god, they used to live in, like, a nice house with windows and, like. They left didn't, to try yeah. and build a new life. Ugh. And they all wanted to go back to Eng- they, and like later that becomes attention. Like the the wife Kate is talking to um, Ralph Innocent, and she's saying, "I want to go home. I want to go back to England." And it's it's a whole thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Like there, 
And there's so much at play in this movie. Like, we haven't even gotten into, like, the son, like, who's clearly starting to go through puberty and starting to have some, like, urges. And that's how he's able to be tempted by the witch. Mm -hmm. And, like, Jonas and Mercy, who who just are chaos, I I guess. I almost wonder if Thomas and, like, if that's not her mom. Oh, no, I think that is her mom. You think so? Yeah. But also, like, oh. There's just so much that we could talk about. Or is that the way you look at your sister when you're 12? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, if you're... Let's let's think about this, though. He's in Curious isolation. He's yeah. Puritan. He's in isolation. He's not seeing anyone yeah. else. I think... I also think that it just gets into, like, the hazards of... The, the psychology of this is incredible. <laughs> yeah. I also just think it does a good job of showing, like, the hazards of living in that time. I th- yeah. I think one of the coolest parts is, like, they're lighting the uh, the matchlock rifle with, like, the core that they've kept mm-hmm. burning. And, it and you know, one end goes out, he has to light it with the other end so that they can try and shoot the hair. But then when he tries to shoot it, it explodes mm-hmm. in the eyes of Ralph Innocent. He gets blinded and the shot goes wild. And it's just all, like, very... Even though you have these fantastical hazards, you have these very real hazards. They're running out of food. They're not going to make it through the winter. They're exiled. They have to They have to trade and lie to each other about what they're trading. Yeah, it's like, like the horror isn't just religion. It's also, it's also North America in 1600s. And it's also humanity. It's dealing with familial relationships. It's how do you place blame and guilt when you've been raised to think... That all sin is your fault always, you know? Yeah. That bad things happen to you Wait, because thought, of the sin of Adam. I thought that was what Catholicism was about. Mm. That's a good <laughs> point. You see, but in Catholicism, there's the possibility of forgiveness. That's the thing. And I guess there's some in Puritanism yeah, too. Is. Yeah, but at the But the entire point of that is... In Catholicism, we believe that if we work for forgiveness and if we work for it, we ourselves can make a difference in our salvation. But Puritanism is entirely only God chooses, which is why you have that such a harrowing conversation right there where the son is talking to his dad. Is Sam in hell? They've all been raised to fear hell, which actually brings up something interesting that um, our good friend Chris, who's a host of Them's the Facts, was talking about in one of our group chats the other day. Have you ever heard of hell houses? What? They're evangelical haunted houses. (laughs) <laughs> when it's like simulating like if you went to hell <laughs> so it shows so what it does is it has scenes of people li- doing sinful things and then at the end they're all tortured in hell <laughs> this is incredible isn't it incredible i, I kind of want to see one, one but i don't want to oh that's mean them. yeah um <laughs> it's but, also mean but that's but that's the kind of mentality <laughs> they're living with though that's the kind it's like we are born in sin we've inherited in the sin of adam like they talk about that the entire time. Like he's quizzing him on theology as they're walking in the forest to check these traps. Like, oh, and man, those traps are dangerous. Yeah, I'm frankly surprised that the traps. Didn't I fly. thought, yeah, the first time I was watching, I thought for sure someone was going to get stuck in a trap and bleed out or something. This is the thing. I really appreciate how sparingly he uses gore in this. Like he, he, um, it's. I don't want to say it's tasteful. <laughs> but it kind of is like, especially like when uh, when the son comes stumbling home after he's been witched and they like bleed him. Oh! Rather than like a whole spray of blood, you just have like a little single single fountain dripping down into. Uh, well, yeah, because they cut it with a knife. So yeah, they cut him with a knife. They like pierce him with a knife, and it's ooh, it's cool. 
It's yeah. And then I and then he does the best monologue in the movie. Oh, uh, this kid deserves all the awards. God, but at the same time, all while Jonas and Mercy, who have been possessed, are like rolling around on the floor. And this I found out he took directly from accounts of possessed children in of uh, possessed children oh, in my New God. England. He took this dialogue direct. The fact that this is like a category and that there's multiple like uh, multiple accounts of it, it, I'm pretty sure children are possessed. Well, I'm, and I'm just thinking, what I love is when they're trying to, they're trying to say the Our Father, and then Jonas and Mercy forget the name, uh, the words. Oh of the my! Prayer, which is which felt like a right out of the crucible. Well, moment. Then I'm like, wait, wait, wait! You're gonna be like mean to Thomason, and they can't even say the Lord's Prayer? Are you kidding me? <laughs> but then they're saying Thomason, stop it, Thomason! You stop doing this to us. So they're claiming that Thomason did it, which is why, which is where it comes back to bite Thomason in the ass that she said to, to Mercy, yeah. like, just to fuck with her. I'm the witch of the woods. I'll eat you up. I'll witch you. It's Just hilarious. A, an older girl, older sister. But that's like with a what, sister. like that's what siblings do. Yeah. And so, and also what like people say when they're telling you like a story. But at the same time, th- that's what this movie does: is it heightens these things that are normal family mm-hmm. interactions and turns them into horror. That's why I think this movie is so smart. I think it. I think it's yeah. able to. Family is terrifying. Well, yeah, that. But it understands like. What is scary about family? It understands that, like, this idea of forgiveness and lying to each other, what that can do, how that can, can tear people apart, you know? Like, ooh. And also, it just ha- does ha- it has some great animal work. I didn't even talk about, like, the third scare- creepiest animal in this. Oh, when, uh, when the mother signs the book and uh, thinks mm-hmm. that Samuel is breastfeeding her. So, like, after after both Sam and oh, the son have Oh, does she actually sign the book? I'm pretty sure she signs the book in that. Really? Scene. Yeah. After she says, he says, "Mother, do you have this? See this book before you? I mu- you must sign it." And like signing the book is an is an entire thing too. It was in the Salem Rich, Witch Charles. Like that's when you the devil real visited witch. me and he signed his book. Yeah, and I signed his book. Um, but that has one of the best reveals in the film, I think, because. She thinks that the baby is breastfeeding. And we know the baby's dead. Something is happening to her. Nuts. Something is awful. She's clearly... Because her other dead son appears too. Yeah, she's clearly insane in this moment. And then eventually we just cut from the baby breastfeeding to a raven sitting on her arm and pecking at the meat of her breast that's just been torn apart. Oh, man. And that, that I think, is where... But you have to think, that's probably the witch. Like, yeah. we don't think... Like, she's probably, like, transfigured into this... Well, you see, that's the thing. I don't think there are any actual animals in this. I think there are other... Well, except for the goat who's... Uh, who's <gasps> you think the, the Hassan was also... The the rabbit was absolutely... The Hassan, a, yeah. Yeah. It, and, and hares and rabbits figure prominently in accounts of witches. Oh, yeah. That's what Robert Agnes... Yeah, all of these about. animals were like witchy, like the raven and the mm-hmm. rabbit. The goat. The goat. Yeah. I mean, and that's why the, the rabbit appears in the in the goat stable. Like, remember in the goat's barn when Thomason goes to put them down to bed. So, like, the rabbit is absolutely magic. This the witches have decided just to fuck with this family so terribly. But I think the way they see it is like they've invaded the wilderness. They're trying to tame it, and it won't be tamed. Ugh. You know, like, mm-hmm. which is also kind of why I like the. Um, even though this veers a little bit into like casual racism, um, the shot of the uh, Native Americans as they're leaving, mm-hmm. because the idea that like, the Native Americans coexist, quote unquote, with the wilderness, right, yeah, no, or... rather than taming it, yeah. But it's, ah, mm, oh, this movie's so smart. 
like I feel like I could talk more about it, but it will just be me saying the same things over. And over. <laughs> um, well, we the camera the camera isn't particularly notable in this movie, except for its like station. <laughs> I think it's stationary usage. Like it, there are a lot of. Um, I think. It does a good job of framing and showing only the parts of the scene that you want that uh, mm-hmm. Robert Eggers wants you to see. I think that's the most notable. Um, it's got a lot of good panning. I think it's the most notable the morning after um, the, the morning after when uh, Ralph Innocent walks out of the hovel and sees Thomas in and sees the barn broken open and sees the Jonas and Mercy are gone, and then from off from outside of the frame, Black Phillip slams into him. Yeah, like, you don't. I don't think you see what happens to Jonas and Mercy, right? No, you just know that a witch has appeared. You in- don't. What if they were witches the whole time? What if they were like stolen like a while ago and, and replaced, then replaced so with? Thinking, see, so there are so many folklore angles that you yeah. can come at this from. Like Thomason is like the only person whose perspective. I, I think you trust Thomason and you trust yeah. Ralph Innocent. Like those, those are who you. Well, trust. you have to trust Ralph Innocent and everything he does. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Even if he's playing a Death Eater yeah. or a Star Wars uh, Imperial officer, you're just like, oh, it's Ralph Innocent. He's mm-hmm. a good dude. Yeah. He wouldn't mess with right. me. <sighs> Do you have anything that you really want? Oh, wait. We haven't talked about the best part. What, what, what best Black part? Black Phillip. Oh, the, the final His reveal. final reveal. Where it's not even him. But it is a guy. There is a guy. I didn't notice yeah. that before. Like, yeah, the, the hand. Yeah, that's actually the guy voicing Black Phillip. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. He's a model. I think the central tension of this movie is, is Black Phillip actually a devil? Is he actually a witch? Is he actually controlling Jonas and Mercy and talking to them mm-hmm. the whole time? And that is left until the last, like, five minutes of the mm-hmm. movie. You don't actually know. Right. Is this just a goat that's, like... The first view, you don't think it's sinister at all until the you last, like, 20 minutes. You just think he's a goat, you know? Right, you're like, why do these kids keep bringing up this goat? Maybe they're just weird. Yeah, and you think, oh, it's just creepy twins. Yeah. It's just creepy twins. Oof. And then... Twins. Oof. Yeah. This time, this time we, like, knew what was happening. We knew what was going on. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, at the end, Thomason is, like, at the end of her... Her entire family is that she's been forced to kill her mother. Otherwise, her mother was going to kill her. You know? That, that, that was... Yeah, that was a oh. great scene. It's like she Anya, finally snaps. And, and Anya Taylor-Joy sells the hell out mm-hmm. of it, too. She does such a good job playing Thomason. Um, and at the night, that night, she goes into the far, in the, into the barn and she just straight up asks Black Phillip, like, Mm -hmm. are you actually controlling us? What do you, what, are you real? Are you a witch? And there's just, it's not quite a minute, but it's close to it of silence. And the camera stays focused on Anya Taylor-Joy this entire time, which is why I think it's so good. Like, you don't have any cuts in this scene. And finally, Black Phillip speaks. And we don't see him at all. We just see, we just hear this very low voice. And he's. Because speaking. he assumedly turns into a person. Yeah. At that point. Because mm-hmm. we see a book that is laid out to mm-hmm. her by this black hand. And I mean, like, <laughs> like where did black. the book come from? Mm-hmm. And. Is it part of the goat, like, uh, disguise? I guess. And it's just. <laughs> the. It's just the whole thing. He asks her what, in my opinion, is the most iconic iconic line of this movie, and she's he she asks what he can do what he can do for her, and he asks, "Wouldst thou like the taste of butter, a pretty Jess, 
what's that like to live deliciously? Which a masterful, a masterful line of dialogue right there. Like it really like gives it's like this is the opposite of what you've had this entire time. You've been in these dull shifts. You've been having to eat just corn mush, essentially. You've been living off the land, living for subsistence. I can give you all of these things that are what you actually want. I can let you live the life that you want. And Thomason, of course, having nothing left, says yes. Says yes. Signs the book. Takes off her clothing, walks into the woods naked to a fire surrounded by women, naked, hair out, dancing and chanting. And then they all begin to float. And she begins to float. And the fire lights her and she's laughing and laughing and cut to credits. Like, (laughs) you're given all these hints that, oh yes, something fantastical is actually happening. But you're not sure whether or not to believe them. Mm-hmm. Because at the same time, we know that there probably weren't actually witches at Salem. You know? We know that it was... And no one was floating, that's for sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, we know that witches aren't actually real. And all the, all the things that have happened to people have just been accidents. They've been inflicted by other people. Mm-hmm. And, like, for all we know... The son didn't even run into a witch. He just ran into a hermit living in the woods who messed with him, you know? Right, yeah. Like, but you, this And they concrete... probably killed him by bloodletting him and, uh... Exactly. And, like, you think that, that the nonsense. mother has just gone crazy, too, yeah. with the raven thing. Like, you don't know that, that, that that's what's happening. You think that Jonas and Mercy were pulling a prank the whole time. Like, you don't mm-hmm. actually know that magic is... What's doing this until that last scene? But I think the biggest thing that a bunch of, like all the critics were raving about was that this was actually like a film about like women's like liberation. <clears throat> really? Yeah. No, you haven't seen that. So like, I mean, essentially, like women's power is always like repressed, right? So mm-hmm. once someone starts, you know, noticing things and taking charge, that you know gets repressed. So like. Which is kind of what happened in the witch trials is women were... Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's the whole, like, symbolism of the witch trials is because they were seemingly well, normal women it, that didn't do things that men weren't doing, and they got persecuted for it. Now, now let's be clear. Early, early witch trials were specifically anti-Semitic hunts. Like, the Inquisition wasn't about hunting witches. It was about hunting Jews. And like, they were Jews? In... Not in Salem. I'm talking oh. about, like, in Europe. Like, I'm talking about in Europe. In Europe... Which, uh, the, the image of the witch itself is essentially a Judaistic caricature, like the, the curly hair, the uh, hooked nose, all very much images meant to evoke a racist um, image of Jews and of, of, like, Jewish people, essentially. But, so the witch myth itself is that. And then, like, the witch myth that we all know, which is the Crucible, let's be honest, that's how most of us were exposed to the Salem witch trials. Oh, I thought you were going to say witches in general. I was like, no. yeah. Um, that's the Hansel and Gretel no, <laughs> <laughs> well that that version that we know was an allegory for McCarthyism so like com- so like communist witch hunts and like accusing people of something that they couldn't possibly get out of like actually prove as a way of robbing them of their power 
But this, I will, I do see how this movie could be an allegory for that. Like, she's like, because, like, it's like Thomason isn't believed just because she's a young woman. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. That is a different... Well, and then the witch, is, I mean, itself is just a symbol of, like, women liberation. Like... Yeah. It has been modernized yeah. into that. Absolutely it has. But... Is it really liberation if they're in service of a male demon? If well, it's not book? It's not clear if he's, like, in charge, in charge, or if he just has this book that makes you a witch. Hmm. This movie gives you a lot to think about. Gives you a lot to read up on and get used to. Like, it's... It's a good movie, though. Like, mm-hmm. it's absolutely thought-provoking. Like, oh, I'm gonna have to insert something at the beginning of the episode just to say... Do not listen to this episode unless you've watched this movie. No, come on. Oh, okay, okay, fair, fair, but please watch this movie. It's on Netflix. Um, I am going to put an insert at the beginning of the episode that says that. If you have yeah, the chance, that. watch this movie. It is not super gory for a horror movie, but if you're still a little scared, feel free to listen to this episode beforehand. We've pretty much given all the scares away. Yeah. Um, so it is on Netflix. Watch it. Before Halloween, well, I mean, on Halloween, as this episode is coming out, check it out. It's so good. It's a I, good fall movie. I love this movie. 4.5. 4. 4. 4.5? 4.5 goats. Goats. Four and, a half, four and a half goats out of five. Absolutely for okay, me. Okay, yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah, I think uh, 4.2 books. 4.2, 4. 2 yeah. books? Yeah. yeah. Signed books. <laughs> Signed. Yeah, this is... The tops. I, I love it so much. I'm very glad that we got to cover it earlier. Did I did I want to cover it just because Robert Eggers is releasing a new movie right now and I wanted to watch this beforehand? What movie? The Lighthouse. Oh. Yeah, with Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe. Huh. Robert Pattinson, Willem Dafoe, and a mermaid. I don't know. I'm excited. I want to check it out. So, that's our SEO moment. The Lighthouse, Robert Eggers, hashtag... Search engines. <laughs> hey, According to-, to the teens, the hashtag is out. Oh no. It's still here. <laughs> Listen, I've been on TikTok. They use hashtags. <laughs> uh, we're a part of the Pocket Podcast Network, and uh, in the next month, you're actually going to hear some... Uh, pocket- swap it out. Yeah, you're going to hear some other Pocket Podcast hosts on this podcast. And you're going to hear us on other podcasts in the Pocket Podcast Network. There's one condition. What's the condition? You can't like them better than us. Guys, you're allowed to like them better than us. (laughs) Not for our show. Zach and Emily from Steampunks are going to be on here. I'm so excited. I love Steampunks. We're going to be on Steampunks. No, like I for real love Steampunks. Oh, I know you do. But I I always yell at my little podcasting device. Also know as my phone that, <laughs> that there's not enough medical uh, history in steampunks. So we're so uh, I'm bringing it to steampunks. <laughs> exactly. Um, and I am also Zach Emily. If you want me to come back on after this, you know this is my audition tape. So <laughs> got more medical history. And then I'm going to be uh, GMing, or I actually already did GM and it's being edited right now. Is Game master. Game master. It's, it's only a DM if it's Dungeons and Dragons. Everywhere else it's a GM. GM. Yes. But don't you want to be the Dungeon Master all the time? No, because I think Dungeon Master is a copyrighted uh, <laughs> property TM, of TM. Wizards of the Coast. TM, TM, TM. 
Um, so I ran a game of Lasers and Feelings. I've actually ran two games. The first was Lost, so we're giving you the second one. Um, and that's with, actually, Emily from Steampunks, um, Lachlan from The Ghoul Tank, and Chris Spoopy. from Them's the Facts. So you should definitely check that out. That's going to be towards the end of November. We will let you know when exactly it is. Um, but for now, I think you could ex- should expect our next episode next week. You know, we're not we're not going to get completely three out of whack. weeks in a row. Exactly three Wait. weeks in a row. Maybe you have a final next week, so there might not be one. <laughs> we're going to. Well, try. our next one would be the swap, right? Or no, 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 no. The swap is in the back half of the month. Oh, I see. So we are going to try and get an episode out for you next week, and go for it. It's it'll it'll be the next movie in the H's, which is. <laughs> That's that's more it is lit. It is the slap. What? That's that's no. a wonderful joke. Oh. <laughs> um cool, 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 cool. Cool, cool, cool. We saw we saw that in the movie theater. Exactly. So I'm great. excited to watch it again. Computers, women. Good performances. Science. Yeah, good performances. I think this was the first the year that Janelle Monet decided to start acting and it was and all of a sudden she's in two Oscar nominated films. It's got that good for all song too. That's true. Running. All right. So until next time, I'm John. And I'm Bethany. Oh, wait, wait, wait. We didn't do the. Wait, did, is that enough of advertisement for our pocket podcast network? Do we need to say other shows? Oh, wait. And the our, organ oh, yeah. Our song. Wait, our theme song? We call it theme song? Yeah. Our opening song is by is Oil Waves by the Organ Machines. Yes. They actually have a new single out right now. So definitely silent go check that scream. out. The Silent Scream. Also yes. spoopy. Very spoopy. I don't know how to break the break this to them, but like What? When I hear the silent scream Is this what you think of the painting? No. What? No, that's this just the scream. Oh. The silent scream Well, I guess it's silent to me because it's a painting. The silent scream specifically to me always triggers this association with this uh anti-abortion activist who would oh talk no about see stuff all the time. okay you're cut off now and la, da, 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 there's da. apparently okay a, a well, movie been... an anti-abortion movie a- called oh, the no Silent no okay yeah it this has been home viewing this has been home viewing nothing is scarier than religion is the message of this episode <laughs> so until next time don't buy another dvd is that our tagline? Don't buy any more DVDs. You were close. <laughs> <laughs> it's never how you knew it. Nobody looked at it that way but you. Oh, we all saw him drowning, but you were the one with the blood on your hands. Saying it, I never saw the Pocket Podcast Network. Quality programming right to your pocket.